0: One through five. Amen? Hallelujah. James 30, starting with the first verse. I will, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought me up brought up my soul from the grave, thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. James 1, starting with the first verse. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord God, thanking and praising you for one more time, Lord God, that you have allowed us to assemble ourselves together, to lift you up, Lord God, that you may draw all men unto yourself, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for us coming here safely today, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, to hear from you, Lord God. Bless those that's underneath the sound of my voice, as well as those that are on their way. And those that couldn't make it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that we would open up our hearts and our minds to not only be hearers of your word, but doers. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we may be found well-pleasing in your sight this day, Lord God. Have your way in this place, Lord God, like never before, as we know that you can and you will do. Bless the pastor, the shepherd of this house, Lord God, those things that he speaks to you about in private, Father. You said in your word, Lord God, that you will reward him openly, Lord God, as well as those that's underneath the sound of my voice, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, as we turn the furtherance of this service over into your hands, have your way in the name of Jesus, and we count it as an honor and a privilege to be used of you this day, in Jesus' name, amen and amen, Hallelujah.
1: Oh
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many have joy to be in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. How many people are have joy to be in the house of the Lord today?
1: Amen. Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. How many people got joy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Yeah! Hallelujah! All right. the God who was we worship the God who is we worship the God who evermore will be he opened the prison doors he parted the raging sea my God he holds the victory yeah come on tell me joy, there's, house joy. In the house of the Lord. there's joy there's, there's joy. joy in the
1: house of the Lord today
2: yeah
1: and we won't be quiet hey.
2: We shout, shout out in praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Enjoy. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And, and we, we, won't we won't be quiet. One more time, one more time. We shout There's, joy. There's, joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. Yeah. And, and we, we won't be quiet. We, we, we shout out in We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God we save, we sing to the God who always makes a way, cause he hung up on that cross, and he rose it from that grave, my God, he rolled the stains away, oh there's joy, there's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord and we won't, and we won't be quiet, we, we, we shout out in praise joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we, want, and we won't
1: be quiet. One more time, one more time. We shout, shout out and joy. pray. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord yeah. today, and we won't be quiet. We won't be
2: quiet. Yeah. We shout out and pray. Time. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord yeah. today, mm. and we won't be quiet. We shout mm. out and hey. pray. Now. But you give me joy. deep in my soul, in my soul.
1: Deep, deep in my soul, in my soul. Down deep
2: in my soul, you give me joy. You give me joy. Me joy. Down, deep 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 down deep in my soul, in my soul. Down deep in my soul, in I'ma talk the people in the back. You, you give, me give me joy. joy. Down deep in my soul, in my soul. Down deep in my soul, in my soul. Down deep in my soul, you give me joy, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, in my soul. Down deep in my soul, in my soul. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Never been so free, calling Your love for me. You love me. Never been more secure, knowing Your heart. i love me. Never been so free, calling Your love for me. You love me. Never been more secure, knowing Your heart. i so you love me. Never been so free, calling Your love for me. You love me never been more secure knowing your heart so how you love me? never been so free calling you love for me you love me never been more secure how many people got joy in the house there's joy in the house of the lord yeah there's joy in the house today and, and we won't be quiet, quiet. for my own we shout out and there's joy in the house of the lord yeah. there's joy in the house of the lord today and, and we won't be quiet. Yeah, one more time, one more shout time. Out of Come praise, on. Joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's the uh.
1: yeah, joy, the the yeah. joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Really, really, really. We shout shout out There's yeah, joy, yeah. joy in the house Come of on. the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Billy, Billy, Billy. We There's joy in the house of the Lord. The Lord today, we and we won't be quiet. Yeah. We shall in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be. and we won't be quiet. Yeah. We shall yeah. yeah. in the house of the Lord. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be and we won't be quiet.
3: Yeah.
1: We shout out and pray. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Today. And we won't be quiet. We won't be quiet. We shout out and praise the Lord. There's joy in the house of
2: the Lord. I got joy in my spirit. I got joy in my heart. I got joy everybody can see. I shout out in praise. I got joy in my spirit. I got joy in my heart. I got joy for everybody say, We shout out in praise. I got joy in my spirit. I got joy in my heart. I got joy for everybody to see. We, we shout out in praise. I got joy in my spirit. I got joy in my heart. I got joy for everybody to see. Because we shout out and praise. 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 Every situation we... We, we shout out and pray. Every dark and moment, we, 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 we. We shout out and pray. We give God all the glory. Hallelujah. We shout out and pray. Grace and mercy. Grace we and mercy. We shout out and pray. Woo! I don't know if y'all know. We shout out and pray. This song feels so good to me. Because we. We shout out and pray. You got no cash in your you don't know, no. we shout out and pray. When you don't know what you're going to do with a bill. We, we shout out and pray. We give God all the glory and we, we shout out and pray. One more time in the house of love today, we, we shout out and pray.
1: Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, well well,
3: well, yes, well, well,
2: I'm going to change the song. Yep, okay. I shout out and praise. I shout out and praise. I shout out and praise. Come on, praise to I, I shout out and praise. praise. Don't worry about nothing. I shout out and praise. praise thinking about me for you. I pray. shout out and pray. This is the house of the Lord, you know it, you know it. I shout out and pray. One, two, and three are gathered. I, gather, I shout out and pray. My family job or anything, I shout out and pray. Lord, got you at the end of the day. I shout out and pray. Don't worry about the closures or anything. I shout out and pray. Only thing the Lord is asking for you to, I
1: shout out and pray.
2: Cause we shout in praise when well we, 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 I shout out and pray. One more time for the people in the back, cause we, I shout out and pray. Yeah. The people on the Morse Road hear I shout out and pray. My soul can't let the song go, Curse. I shout out and pray. Don't worry about anything, people. I shout out and pray. What do you think Moses was on that battlefield? He... I shout out and pray. Don't worry about anything, let's go. On the top. I shout out and pray. Cause we, 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 we. Shout, shout out and praise! Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! Walk well, by faith, Hallelujah. not by sight! Woo. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory! Hallelujah! Yeah. Let people look yeah. at you all funny because you shout out in praise. Yeah. and praise! And one day inquisit, you tell them, why? Amen. 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 Cause we shout out in praise. We shout out in praise. One more time, we we shout out in praise. Hallelujah.
3: of the rapture that is to come, but also a moment for you to take this time and clear out all those thoughts, clear out everything that you were thinking about before you came to service today, and really pinpoint your focus on God. This is that moment where these words are so genuine, they're to the point, They're not super huge, they mean exactly what you want to say right here in this moment. This is a moment of true worship for you to really let go and open your ears, open your heart to receive what God has for you and reciprocate the love that you have for Him in your heart. Truly every day we should be doing this but right now this is that moment. This is the moment where you quiet the storm of your life. Where God can step in and quiet that storm just because you said, you know what God I'm going to be intentional with this worship, this one right here. I mean this one with every fiber of my being. Because I mean this with all my heart, with all my soul. I want nothing more but for everyone to bow down and say that you are God. Because that's who I know you to be. And I want everybody else to know that. So I'm going to show them how to do it.
1: Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. So let's start right now Why would we wait? King of glory Fill this place I just want to be with you I just want to be with you All right now,
0: we don't
1: have to wait, would we wait? so he's the king of, king of glory. Build this, place. Build this place, I just, just want to be with, with you, oh God, I want to be with you. King. So let's start right now. Why would we wait? We can praise you. Be with you, yes, God. I just wanna be with you, King of glory. King of glory. Fill this, place. Fill this I place. I just wanna be, I just wanna be with you. Oh, I just wanna, be I just wanna be with you. Come on, one more time, King of glory. King of glory. I just want to be with you Yes, God I I just want to be with you Oh, Lord So I'll sing in your Until you come again And I'll dance in your presence Until you come again Till you come again. Highest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise, hallelujah. Till you come again. you're pressing you're present you're present you're present you're present you're present you're present you're pra you're present you're pressing you're present you're pressing you're you your glory glory this place I just wanna be with you
0: just want to be
1: with you, oh God, King of Glory. King of glory. Be this, be place. this place I just want to be just want to be oh, God. I just want to just want to be. our hearts god we offer our minds god we give you everything that we have oh god because that's all we have god and we say thank you god we thank you for loving us god we thank you for protecting us god oh god we thank you for keeping us in our right minds god we thank you for providing god you are the one true god and we recognize that you would stop the world just for us to be with you. Amen, amen. And so, God, we say thank you. Thank you, God. From the bottom of our hearts, God, we thank you. We don't do it as often as we should. But, God, we stand here in this moment and we say thank you. We give our all, God. We leave it right here at the altar, God. Empty our cups and fill us with you, Jesus you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. In my walk, in my talk, God. In my thoughts, God, more of you. God, we thirst for you. Fill our cups till we can take no more. God, we thank you. We love you. We worship you. God, we magnify your name. You are worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For you are our strong God. You are the Lion of Judah. You are the King God. God, I just thank you. I thank you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, God, I love you more than anything. Just raise it from where you are. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I worship and adore you. Just want. I, worship and, I, I worship, worship and adore you. Just want,
0: Just want to tell
1: you, Lord, I love, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you, Lord, I love more, you than more than anything. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's your word. Just go ahead and insert your worship
3: right there. He's already here. He's working on the things that are on your heart.
1: He's working on those things that you asked him for in private and didn't want nobody to know about. God is opening doors, windows, making a way. He's putting somebody in your path right now to help you. So when they come to offer you help, don't push it away. It's God. Oh, God. i show. You just want to tell you Lord I love you more than anything I love you Jesus I worship and adore you Just want to tell you that
0: many love him more than anything in this place hallelujah hallelujah if you haven't had the opportunity to give this morning in your tithe and your offering we ask that you would do so at this time come from wherever you are we're still in a frame of worship hallelujah i love you jesus stretch forth your hand towards the basket Father God, we thank you for these offerings and tithes that has been taken up for your purposes, Lord God. We ask that you would bless those, Lord God, that had to give and those that didn't have to give, that they may be able to give upon the next appointed time. And we thank you and praise you for this day, Lord, and this time and this hour as we receive your word through your servant, We ask, Heavenly Father, that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive and not only be receivers but doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord for our pastor as he comes forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah.
4: Deacons, let's help uh, Elder Jamie. you, Praise Team. Awesome job, awesome job, as usual. Amen, 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 amen. It's good to see each and every one of you, as they say, in the land of the living. Arguably, I think we can say we've all seen no trespassing signs. They post alerts that basically mean no unauthorized person should enter or remain in any given place or in any given land. So in essence, a no trespassing sign reminds us that there are some places that are off limits. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that there are some places that are off limits. Unless we've been duly authorized to enter. Ask your neighbor, have you been authorized to enter? A boundary has been set to keep unwanted people, unwanted things, out of any given place. As a matter of fact, we're even warned not to make an entry because the entry would be illegal or illegitimate if there is a sign posted. Some of the trespassing signs will even include a warning. And that warning says violators will be prosecuted. In other words, there's some seriousness attached to being in a place for which you have no authority to be. One of the books of the Bible that's not often read, it's kind of skipped over often is the book of Leviticus but the book of Leviticus is God's no trespassing sign it's where God clearly calls out his people to be set apart from everything and everybody else as a matter of fact reading it you'll find that he implores people to live a life of sanctification One of not allowing the world's viewpoint and the world's ways to trespass on their minds, their bodies, or their spirits. You see, you have to understand that as the people of God, God has invested in you treasured information about living a life of holiness before him. Some may argue this, but I believe Leviticus to be one of the most important books in the Bible, but it's too often the least read. We'll read Genesis and Exodus, but then we skip to the Luma, darling, on our way to Numbers. Really because Leviticus reading it seems to be out of touch, at least out of touch with the world that we live in today. But Leviticus is a profound book, especially when it is read and properly understood. In fact, you can't truly appreciate the New Testament book of Hebrews without understanding the book of Leviticus, because much of what appears in Hebrews is based upon God's instructions in Leviticus. At the close of the book of Exodus, we find the people of God, the Israelites, they have exited Egypt. God's people have been delivered from bondage, and they're set on the path to their destiny, the promised land. They're on their way to that promised land that is in Canaan, which they will reach in the book of Numbers. Yet sandwiched between Exodus and Numbers is this unique book of Leviticus, which is sometimes also referred to as the book of life. Because in it, God sets out his desire and plan for his people to live in continual relationship with him. God's desire is to be in constant, continual relationship with you. In Exodus, we discover why God delivered his people. He delivered his people to do what the praise team was leading us to do this morning. That's worship him. Jalisa gave such a beautiful explanation and declaration about what she was getting ready to do and encouraging you to join with her in it because this is the call of God for his people. Exodus 5 and 1 says this, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. So God repeatedly tells Pharaoh through Moses to let his people go so that they might worship him. Now the book of Leviticus gives precepts and principles about how we, the followers of Christ, the people of God, should be in fellowship with him in a level of intimacy which is connected to our worship. It is the blueprint of the living of our living on this earth. It's through this type of abiding relationship with God that each of us has the ability to experience the abundant life that Jesus talks about in the book of John in the 10th chapter in the 10th verse. You see, God did not deliver the Israelites from bondage in Egypt so that they could be in bondage in Canaan. He delivered them so that they could live out their destiny with him. God did not deliver you from the bondage of this life to just be found in bondage again to this life. God has a plan for each of us. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, God got something for you. You begin to realize this to its highest degree only when you align your life in proper connection to Him. And that requires an understanding of and separation to His holiness through the process of sanctification, which is the manifestation of being set apart. You see, when our lives are sanctified we best reflect the image of God in whom we have been created. There is a story that I once heard told about a young mother and her daughter who had just left church and they were on their way home and the daughter turns to her mother and asks this question. She says, Mom, the preacher's sermon this morning confused me. He must not have been a preacher like me. But it confused me. Mother asked, well, why why were you confused? The little girl responds, well, the preacher said that God is bigger than we are. Is that true? Yes, he is. This is what mom replies. So the daughter asked, well, The preacher also said that God lives in us. Is that also true, mom? And again, the mother says, yes, that is is true. The little girl with a puzzled look on her face says, well, if God is bigger than us and he lives in us, shouldn't he then show through us? And the mom says, that's the point. You see, each of us should ponder this little girl's pragmatic question in our own walk with our Lord and Savior. Because this is exactly what God wants to do. Reveal himself, his glory, his holiness, or his sacredness through our everyday lives. You ought to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you're not common. You are actually sacred because you house God. You see, this is one reason God delivered the Israelites from bondage in Egypt. It was one reason why he delivers us from the bondage of sin today through the sacrifice of the life of Christ. It's to sanctify us so that in our intimacy with him he can show through us to others. Reading Leviticus, you'll find that God is getting his children ready for their destiny by instructing them how to worship and walk with him when they get to where God has sent them. You see, God knows that their success in the land of promise is dependent upon their relationship with him. Your your success in this life is dependent upon your relationship with God. Your success in anything that you put your hands to do in this life is dependent upon your relationship with God. And God wants the best for us. So in this book of liturgy and life, he explains what his expectations are and the key to his provisions in this new chapter in your life of intimacy with God. Now there are three words that will help you grasp The significance and the meaning of the book of Leviticus, and I'd like us to just talk about them before I move on further in this sermon. These words will kind of help you understand how this particular identification of God applies to our daily lives. You ought to write these words down somewhere. These words common, profane, and sacred. Common, profane, and sacred. All things, all actions, and all people will fall into one of these three categories. That which is common, God is created as regular and ordinary. It exists for the general welfare and the general good of anyone involved. There is nothing special about it in any way. It is common. That which is profane includes those things that are polluted, defiled, or contaminated. They are destructive actions and attitudes and theologies and mindsets and people. That which is sacred is special to God and reflects his glory. These unique things include God's presence, God's sanctions, and God's purposes. Things that are common or ordinary, or regular, remain common until you make them either profane or sacred. Common is the foundation upon which you start. Common is that area where things remain or what we like to refer to as the neutral zone. They're neither good nor are they bad. They just are. Let me give you an example. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 4 and 4, everything created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. But then Paul goes on to say that these things are sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. Consider another example. The days of the week, when God created and divided up the days of the week, he declared each day to be good. When he arrived at Saturday, Scripture tells us that he rested and sanctified that day as holy. If you don't believe me, check the text, Genesis, the second chapter, and the third verse. You see, sanctifying the seventh day didn't make the other six days bad. In fact, God had already declared those days to be good. It just meant that they were not sanctified days. You see, God set apart the seventh day To make it holy that day was special because god did something on that day it was so special in fact that god later instructed his people to remember the sabbath day and to keep it holy to remember the sabbatical year to keep it holy and to remember the year of jubilee as a sanctified season as well you see these days and these years were set apart to God and he would reveal himself in a new way through them. You see, it is God who sanctifies. With this background of the differences between common, profane, and sacred, we come to our next identity of God that I want to leave in your spirit that as you leave here today, you grasp a better understanding of not only him, but the level of your intimate connection to him. It appears in the book of Leviticus as part of God's instructions on how we are to maximize our fellowship. How many of you have been longing to maximize your fellowship? When I have investments, I want to maximize the the return from my investment. I want to do whatever I can do to get the most out of it. How many of you have been longing to maximize your investment in God. Well, God tells us just how we are to maximize our our fellowship with him and fulfill the destiny to which we have been called. I'm going to give you a key here that will lead you to great success if you apply it to your life. It declares in Leviticus 27 through 8, you shall consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. How do I maximize my walk with God? How do I maximize the ability for God to use me? Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, be sanctified. be sanctified. See, there is a compound name of God. It combines a name we've previously talked about, Jehovah, with the name Mikadeshkim. It sometimes is condensed into Jehovah Makadesh. This name simply means the Lord. Who sanctifies. Now, the word Kadesh, can I just teach you something this morning? The word Kadesh to sanctify appears hundreds of times in the Bible, but the compound connection of this word with Jehovah appears only twice. In the passage that I just read and in Exodus 31 and 13 where it says, But as for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies or that I am the Lord Mikadesh. The name Jehovah Mekodeshkem is important to us in our current daily life because it's this name that takes us beyond our mere existence or motions of life. It is this name that removes us from the commonality of all things and sacredness of the things that God has set apart to himself. Jehovah Mekodeshkem is Life-giving It's nestled deep in the book of Leviticus, the book of life itself. It's the secret to experiencing the life that God has desired for you to experience. As a matter of fact, God goes into a lot of detail throughout Scripture concerning our need to be sanctified. One of the places that he emphasizes it is in this passage where the name appears in Leviticus. He reminds the Israelites that he is the God who brought them out of slavery. He is the God that brought them out of Egypt. He is the God that did these things for a purpose. You see, God did not save you just because. He did this, Because he is Jehovah Mikodeshkim. He is the one who sanctifies. He did this in order that they might be sanctified to him. He did this then just as now he seeks to sanctify you and me today through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus have to die? Jesus had to die that we might be sanctified through him. This name is different from the other names that we've been talking about. This name of God infuses power into our lives when we receive by faith everything that he seeks to do in and through us. You see, it signifies an action done to us, God's action of sanctifying us. You see, in Leviticus, God gives us some of the reasons why we are to be sanctified by him, something that you ought to take to heart. It says, You are therefore to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them so that the land to which I am bringing you to live will not spew you out. Moreover, you shall not follow the customs of the nation which I will drive out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I have have abhorred them, Hence I have said to you, you are to possess the land and I myself will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the peoples. Thus you are to be holy to me for I the Lord am holy and I have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. It's in Leviticus the 20th chapter, the 22nd through the 24th in the 26th verse. You see, God knew that the Israelites were headed into a land of plenty, a land of temptation as well. You see, it's in that land that would be possessed by Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Jebusites and all of the other ites, not Ike, not Tina's Ike, but the ites. You see, these people wouldn't be living according to God's standards. They wouldn't be making their decisions according to His kingdom's world view. God knew that when His people reached their destiny, they would be surrounded by people who thought differently looked differently, walked differently, talked differently, believed differently, and lived according to another agenda. God didn't want their standards to become the standards of his people once they arrived in the land of promise. We are surrounded by people who look differently, who walk differently, who talk differently, who believe differently, who live according to another agenda. The problem that I see is that too often we go along to get along, so in essence we begin to not look different, but look similar. Not walk different, but walk similar. Not talk different, but talk similar. Not believe different, but believe similar. We begin to adopt the agenda of the world system that we are in rather than remaining true to God. This is because... God's desire to keep us sacred and sanctified, set apart, is because his covenantal covering is dependent upon relationship with him. No trespassing. You see, when you act like the world, you disqualify yourself from the very things you're seeking from God. Because our covenantal, covenantal is promised covering or the word of God over our life. It's dependent upon our relationship with him. And see, God knew that if the people adopted the ways of the world in which they lived, the world would soon overpower them and the land would spew them out. So in order to retain his covenantal protection and provision, they had to to maintain their uniqueness, their holiness before him. He said that when they did that, he himself would drive out their enemies from the land. Yet if they joined their enemies and became like them, they would enjoy defeat. They would not taste the victory that he had promised to them because that taste came as a result of their sanctification by him because he is God who sanctifies. Oftentimes we say God doesn't bring us to a place for which he did not equip us. And while that is true, what I have found is many of the places we find ourselves is not the place that God sent us. It's the place we found on our own and we're looking for God to bail us out because God didn't send us there. Most of the time these places are places that are similar to those that are around us because we want to be like them. We we, we don't want to be ostracized uh, or the outcast because we're not like them. We want to be included in the conversation. But sanctification is the process of God that sets us apart not only from sin and unrighteousness, but it sets us apart to his person and his, per- his purpose. It makes us unique. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to look like everybody else. I don't want to dress like everyone else. I want to style all my own. Just because everybody else is doing something does not mean that I need to do it. Just because everyone else is saying something doesn't mean I need to say it. Just because somebody else is believing something doesn't mean that I need to believe it. I I want to be unique. I want to be peculiar. I want to be strange. I want to be the one that you can't figure out. I want to be that guy that you go, That guy. I want to be set apart and holy before God. We all live life under God and through his comprehensive rule according to his agenda in his kingdom. So then what exactly does it mean to be sanctified? And how do we become sanctified? The term sanctify in its various forms are often used in both the Old and New Testaments. It essentially means to be set apart, to to be separate. A number of words such as holy, consecrated, and sacred carry similar meanings. and All of these words are synonyms or derivatives of sanctify. Something becomes sanctified when it is set apart from the common, the ordinary, and the regular of life. It is made to be special. It is unique. It is one of a kind. It transfers from the realm of the common into the realm of the sacred, and this applies to people. Now, many of us have sanctified places in our homes. When I was growing up, and we lived in a big old house on Upper Mountain Avenue... The sanctified place in our home was a room set off of my father's office area just outside their bedroom. And regardless of the occasion, we were not allowed to play in that room. You see, it was in that room that my father had an altar that he would pray at. As I recall, over time, we moved, my father would find a place set apart to pray and he would put that prayer altar there. That prayer altar now sits in my home as my father now no longer needs to pray. But when we were younger, we just saw that room as a common room in the house But because my father did not treat it like a common room, it had become a set-apart room or a sacred room or a unique room. Come to think about it, my wife has some sanctified dishes. Maybe you have some sanctified dishes in your house. You see, they aren't used for common everyday meals. They're brought out for some holidays and visits from guests or special occasions. Our regular dishes are in the plain cupboard, but the place that holds our sanctified dishes, our china, is a lot more expensive and displays the dishes in all their splendor because they're sacred, special, costly, and unique. All through the Bible, God sets apart his holy things and his holy people. To an even greater degree, we're to treat him as sanctified. He begins the Ten Commandments by reminding the Israelites who he is and then giving them the command to always put him first. He says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. So we're, com- that's Exodus 20, 2 and 3. We're commanded to Said God apart from everything else. God is not to be one among many, He is to be sanctified and treated as the unique person that He is. We have made God so common in the church, which is why the church behaves the way it is beh- behaving. Right. You see, there was a time when we were so afraid. To do something in the house of God, because this, this was where this is this is where God lives. And if, if there's anywhere on the planet of earth that we're gonna be on our best behavior, it's in the house of God. I mean, this this is where this is holy. God's presence is here. But when you look at the church of today, we're quick to say, oh well. This is just a building. I'm I'm the church. The house of God is me. But we don't live like that. Let me just leave you with this. Sanctification begins within. Sanctification begins within. Within. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, we discover a method that God uses to encourage the sanctification process in us. He says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when God says that he wants to sanctify us entirely, that's another way of saying we need to be totally transformed. It's the process of spiritual growth by which God progressively makes us more like Jesus Christ. It it begins the moment that we're saved and it will continue until the day that we die or his return. God is busy transforming us from the innermost to the outermost. Please notice the order of transformation in this verse. God's transformation begins inwardly in our spirits and then proceeds out from there to our souls and finally. Then to our bodies. You see, this order is all important because it means that outward performance alone will never get us where God wants us to be. Somebody ought to put that on Facebook. Your outward performance is not Oscar worthy. Your outward performance is not Oscar worthy. Worthy. We will never be able to please God by our performance alone. Putting on church, acting church, knowing when to shout, knowing when to holler, knowing when to cry, knowing what to say, knowing how to say it, knowing how to look and how to walk when we're in this certain atmosphere, all these external things will never please God when there are performance and not the manifestation of an inward sanctification. You see, the body representing our outward actions is actually what comes last in the order of transformation, and it it comes last for a very simple reason. The problem with a thief, for example, isn't in his hands. The problem is in his mind or in his spirit, which is telling him that stealing is fine. So if you transform the spirit, the hands will follow. Otherwise, you can handcuff a thief and take him away, but he will still be a thief inside and proceed to steal when given the opportunity. This is why so many of us fail and get frustrated with our loved ones. We want them to behave a certain way outwardly for a time. They may, but if we do not war against the spirit that has overcome them, the outward change will only be temporary we have to stop fighting the exterior display of our inward problems and focus on the real issue and that is the spirit that is behind the action while you 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 know you're made at the physical display or uh, external action the real motivator goes free and unchallenged while we're fighting the external demonstration we are letting go uh, and, and allowing the internal power to still move. Too many Christians want to access the power of God over sin or bad habits in their lives without being truly transformed within. But God starts with the Spirit because our Spirit is the part of our being united with His Spirit in us. How many of you have been in a store and you've seen a little child running around, acting crazy, embarrassing the mess out of their parent or guardian. (laughs) Now, you really can tell in many cases if the child's behavior is reflective of what they're allowed to do At home. You see, if you're not doing at home what you want them to do out in public, you really have no right to get frustrated when out in public they're acting like they act at home. If they're running around cussing and fussing and fighting and acting a fool at home, don't expect that when they get out in public they're going to be any different. Because you have authorized the power within them that has uh, pushed them to behave in that manner. You've authorized that power because you have not checked that power at home. Too often we we want to hide at home. We just it's it's easier for us to just go find a quiet place somewhere and let them work out their own problems. But without guidance, they can never work out those problems. We have to teach them. We have to correct them. We have to instruct them. We have to love them. We have to embrace them. We have to spend time with them. I told my sons, From the moment of your birth until, well, I said 18, but Noah won't go nowhere. (laughs) Until you move out, I'm going to do everything I can to teach you, to guide you, to love you, to invest in you because I'm your father. Now, while I don't cease to be your father once you move out and you're on your own, my responsibility shifts. Now I'm going to take that time because now this is me and, and wifey time. Amen? This is, this is our time to enjoy life because we, we've taken whatever years of your existence and taken our lives and put it on pause to love you, to care for you, to do these things for you. Now it's our time. Uh, Noah says, I'm never going to have any time because he's never leaving. (laughs) He said, you know what apartments cost out there, Dad? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) But God starts with the spirit because our spirit is the part of our being that is united with his spirit in us, we have to deal with what's going on on the inside before we can ever deal with what's going on on the outside. Now, you may snatch the kid up in the store, and you may get the kid to act right because they're, you know, you whipped them in the store, or they're afraid of what's coming when you get, you know, get home. You know, something's coming. But when God strengthens and matures us on the inside in our spirit, then our soul by which we are conscious of ourselves and our body through which we engage with the outside world will begin to fall in line. You see, sanctification goes much deeper than merely conforming to external rules or regulations, policies, or practices. It involves aligning our spirit with the spirit of Christ. That is alive in us. It's not holiness by externalism, but rather holiness that stems from what is within and affects what is without. 1 John 2 and 15 tells us, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So let's be completely honest in our discussion of sanctification by admitting that the world can often be a blast. Anyone that tells you the world is not fun is lying. It offers enjoyment in a number of ways. And fun is not necessarily wrong in and of itself. In fact, the Bible encourages us us that all good things have been given to us by God. That's why he gave us golf. When God tells us not to love the world, he's not sentencing us to a life of boredom. Rather, he's warning us not to adopt A worldview that is out of step with his standards, thereby reducing what he made unique into that which is common, which will eventually become that which is profane. You see, when we adopt the world's standards as our own, we're no longer distinct from the world. We lose the manifestation of God's sanctifying work in us. To experience the fullness of God's sanctifying power within us, we need to consecrate ourselves to him. I read this earlier, Leviticus 27 through 8. You shall consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. God doesn't sanctify us until we consecrate ourselves to him. In other words, God responds to our decision to become consecrated. He doesn't force us to make this decision. He does not remove our free will. But you'll never experience the power of God driving things out, changing things around, flipping things over, and working through you until he sees that you've consecrated yourself to him. The effect of his sanctifying work is directly tied to the depth of your consecration. How much you want to be sanctified, set apart, and made unique is dependent upon how much you want to consecrate yourself to God. Keep in mind that verse 7 comes before verse 8. So your consecration comes before your sanctification in your life. Your consecration comes before your sanctification in life. Deion Sanders said this in an interview. He said, when I look at the players of today, they're not practicing to be great. They're not practicing to be different. They're practicing to practice. When I look at the church, I see many of us that are just being the church to be the church. We're not consecrating ourselves in the manner in which is necessary that we might enjoy the full sanctification of God. Perhaps maybe you are not seeing God's supernatural hand in your life because you're too tied to this world and the world's way of thinking. You see, God offers all the power. You need to fully experience the abundant life he promises, but you access his promise of power through your personal consecration. If you're not willing to consecrate yourself, it becomes difficult then to be sanctified. Or set apart. In Hebrews 10 and 10, we read that the blood of Jesus sanctifies us. Our sanctification has been completely bought and paid for. Every provision has been made for each of us to live out the full and abundant life. Yet, God will not allow you, will not allow me, will not allow anyone to benefit from that sanctification that He has purchased until we decide to live out. That sanctification. Until you consecrate your life to him, the God that sanctifies will remain just a name to you. Difficult to pronounce and even more difficult to experience. Yet when you consecrate yourself, you will begin to experience his transformation in your life. You'll begin to lose the desires for this world's way of doing things and you'll align more of your life with with God himself. When you choose to consecrate your life to God at first you may struggle with wanting to go back to your own way of thinking but as you continue to align your heart and your thought and your action with his word God himself will remove the desire for the world that is in you. In its place you will find a desire for him and him alone and his agenda. This sanctification ought to appear so naturally in your life that in people on your job or around you will notice a difference in you. Now I didn't say that they will notice that you're crazy, but they will notice that you're marching out of step with the culture and in a cadence with the drumbeat of God. When you consecrate yourself and enjoy the sanctification of God, You can get stung by a mosquito and the mosquito could fly away and say there's power in the blood. But there's a cost. There's a cost. I think I've been up here about an hour so let me just stop right there. I don't want to rush through this. I want to give it to you like God gave it to me. But there is a cost. There is a cost. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. It is time out for being common. We as the people of God ought to sanctify be sanctified through the work of Christ. If you remain common, you will become Profane. Somebody ought to put that on Facebook. If you remain common, you will become profane. Somebody ought to tweet that. Somebody ought to get on Instagram and Instagram it. If you remain common, you will become Profane God died and arose again not for me to remain common, but that I through him might be sanctified and thereby becoming unique, one of a kind. This is why you've heard me say, don't sing like her, sing like you. Don't preach like him or her, preach like you. God did not call you to be anyone else but you. God did not anoint you with somebody else's anointing. What God has for you is unique. It's special. It's one of a kind. You'll never see anybody else wear it. You might see them try to put it on. But you'll immediately recognize that ain't right. Be whom God has called you to be. And to know who that is, you have to be in intimate relationship with him. And to be in intimate relationship with him, you've got to be sanctified. And to be sanctified, you need to consecrate yourself. In other words, here I am, Lord. I haven't always been here. But I'm here right now. I haven't always thought right. I haven't always talked right. I haven't always walked right. I haven't always done right. But here, Lord, I am now. I consecrate myself to you. Have your way with me. Wash me with your blood. Make me without spot or wrinkle. Shower me with your glory. Here I am, I need you, I love you, here I am, here I am, glory hallelujah. and when you do that Bree gave a demonstration of what God does he claps his hands and with great joy does he say yeah Let's look to the Lord Father Lord we thank you for you are the God that sanctifies us that sets us apart not for happenstance but for purpose you've called each of us and made us unique in our own way to be used by you to demonstrate your glory in our daily living Let the manifestation of that sanctification grow greatly in us that as we are transformed inwardly, outwardly we would reflect what you've done on the inside of us. That we would walk out of step and out of beat with the world system and the world thinking and the world theology. And that we would be in time and aligned with you. That our way would be your way. That our thoughts would become your thoughts. Or that your thoughts would become our thoughts. That we would be the reflection of who you are. That when we entreat people, we would entreat them as you would. We would not judge them based upon limited information. And thereby judging them unjustly. For we know not what they have endured. We don't understand where they've come from. We don't know what they've had to put up with. We have not walked in their shoes. Father, as we entreat them, let us entreat them even as you have entreated us. Not with condemnation because your word declares there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ. But let us reflect you. Let us have the patience and the love and the grace to others that you have shared with us. That we would outwardly reflect your inward presence and transformation of our lives. That it would not be temporary, nor would it be a performance but it would be that which is only true in us. Father, use us for your purpose. Take us into the remainder of this week and at every opportunity give us what to say and what to do. Cover and keep us and protect us in this pandemic season that the disease would pass over us Father, we are marked with your blood. Let the death angel pass over us. Let the world begin to wonder, why is it that the believer is no longer getting sick? Because we've been inoculated with Jesus. We've been sanctified and set apart. We've been hid in the pavilion of the Most High. Under the shadow of the Almighty, we've been tucked away. Bless us, Father. Stay the hand of the enemy. Bring healing and health and prosperity into our homes, into our minds, into our bodies, as only you can do. At every turn, charge thine angels to make war against the enemy in our behalf. Let us walk upright and in confidence because of the grace of our Lord. We thank you, Father, even for this day and this time that you have given us. Let your word of truth break through the barrier of our mind. Let it saturate our life. In the name of Jesus, we thank you now for a renewal, a revival in us, that you, Father, that you, Father, will get the glory out of our lives. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, and the people of God say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Consider yourself dismissed. Greet one another. Fellowship with one another before you leave.